0: And welcome to this month's episode of Be Incandescent Health and Wellness Magazine. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, producer and publisher of the magazine online, BeIncandescent.com. And I am so happy to have these amazing women with us, Caroline and Heidi. They are the founders of this amazing organization called Peaceful Kids. And I found Heidi on LinkedIn because I am a positive psychology fanatic. I uh, may have mentioned this before, but I went to Claremont Graduate University to study it at 55, and that was kind of a joke. But I learned so much, and I'm just incredibly impressed by anyone who actually finishes a program like that at <laughs> Carolyn's. <Aww. laughs> yeah. So ladies, introduce yourselves. Tell our audience a little bit about um, your background. Carolyn, why don't we start with you? Um, Because you're a teacher and Heidi, you are many things. So I'm gonna throw it over to you.
1: Okay, Uh, thank you, Hope. Uh, I'm Carolyn Ravidou, and I am one of the co founders of Peaceful Kids. That's what I currently am working on. But I spent my career in education. I was 36 years in education, always wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, that's all I wanted to do. I went to college to do that and started as an elementary school teacher in a private school back in the 80s when there was no jobs in New York State to be had. Uh, Quickly got my master's degree in special education and went on to teach special needs students for about 15 years and then transitioned to general education sixth grade. I did a lot of work in the middle school as a special educator and a general educator. And 23 years into my uh, teaching career, I decided again to pivot and I became a school administrator. I was had a dream job of an assistant principal in a wonderful school district in an elementary school, um, grades three through five. And then all paths leading me back to special education. I ended up being the director of student services, which oversees mental health nurses, health, and all of special education and just about everything else that is non-academic related. So it was perfect in my career because I was always a huge proponent of the social, emotional wellness of kids and not just supporting their academic achievement, but supporting them behaviorally, socially, emotionally, because we know that that's going to support their academic achievement. So that's kind of a recap of my teaching career. And i talk a little bit about Heidi and I, we've known each other forever. We go way back. And in 2008, when before yoga in the schools was a thing, Heidi came to me and said, Hey, I've, I've got this training in yoga for kids. Uh, what do you think? And both of us having this great passion for health and wellness and Helping, you know, helping children to understand their emotions and all of those things. We applied for a grant from the Greater Rochester Health Foundation. Super lucky. We got $10,000 back in 2008, it was a little more than it is today, right? And we were able to push this amazing program into the elementary school that I was working in and grades three through five. And that was the start of our partnership in working together to promote the health and wellness of students to promote the health and wellness of of our teachers, because off of that, for me, came a lot of opportunity. We had healthy classrooms. We had teachers who met once a month to talk about healthy practices and how to support kids in a different way. We had Tasty Tuesdays, where we helped kids learn about nutrition and sample different types of foods. We had yoga for the teachers. We had walking Wednesdays. So it, it really, we incorporated all of these healthy habits into, into the school. So it was, a, it was a wonderful opportunity for me to work with Heidi. And as I moved on, she moved into many other schools in the area and other schools in my district. And I'll let her talk a little bit more in depth about that.
2: Awesome. Well, wow. What a, I know. What an introduction from both of you. First of all, Hope, thank you so much for reaching out on LinkedIn. We are, I think, like on these parallel paths. So it's just was really exciting to chat when we did and be connected to you now. Um, and Carolyn, yes, like we, Carolyn and I often say that we're just so happy that we're on this journey together that we met all those years ago um, and have continued this, this journey. So I actually started out in accounting I did my undergrad at the Wharton School, I became a CPA and a CFP, and I did practice accounting for a while. And I realized I really was enjoying the people part of it. So I was um, enjoying the one-on-one interactions when you're doing tax returns and financial planning. And at the same time, maybe because I was doing accounting, I was running a lot. I was doing marathons and running. And I also had four young children. And I decided that if I was going to keep running, which has been a passion of mine, actually, since middle school, I've been running pretty much my whole life, I needed to stretch. And so I sort of just fell into these yoga classes as a means to, you know, keep my body in good shape for running and or viable for running, I should say, too. And I found this whole world like totally I, I ended up in yoga. It was a very unexpected thing. Um, I had some great teachers and because I had four young kids and I've always sort of I actually, as a child, had this um, very holistic education experience in a small private school where we would all go to the museum together and we would all go, it was a school of 60 kids, we would go camping and I was journaling about trees and like, this was in the 70s, right? So it was very 70s experience. And I think I've always brought that forward with me. And so I was like, why are we not teaching these yoga skills? the kids, I mean, the poses, yes, but also the breathing and the stress management and all that comes with it. Um, So it was at that point, I decided I needed to learn more. I did several yoga for kids trainings. There are fewer offered then than there are now there was this wonderful leader in the field called Marsha Wenig. So I studied with her. I that's when I was developing the business plan. And I reached out to Carolyn. So I was you know, starting in different schools and Carolyn and I were the ones who developed together this protocol of rolling it out, like holistically in a school to change culture. So we came up with a sampler methodology where I trained the teachers first. So they knew this, they had access to the skills themselves. They um, were knew what would happen when I was going into the classroom and got some benefit and buy-in from them. And then we had these yoga samplers where We felt like 20 minutes was the sweet spot. I would push into the classroom and, um, you know, teach the kids and the teachers would participate as well. So that was, as Carolyn mentioned, a wonderful opportunity. I did do a full rollout like that in a couple other schools, as well as a lot of other programming in schools. I opened the first and only kids and family yoga studio in Rochester. So that was open for about seven years, which was so much fun. It was parent and child classes and after schools and toddlers. It was just a wonderful space for families to connect. And I always knew I was teaching more than yoga. I spent some time looking at master's programs, trying to figure out what it was. So this was like in the late 2017, 16, 17, maybe in that time frame. Um, I couldn't find it. I was looking for like movement in education or holistic education. I was at an alumni event for Penn. And there were these two people, one had just started this master's program and one was finishing. I heard them talking about positive psychology. And I, when you know, you know, right, it's a calling. I think I, it was down the street, the meeting, I ran home, got on the computer said, this is what I've been looking for all these years. And so that was the beginning of my journey with positive psychology. So um, I got my certificate in positive psychology from Penn, and then went on and got my master's, as you mentioned, Hope, which was an amazing one-year program. And um, I just finished Positive Acorn with Robert B. West, Deaner Coaching Program.
0: So it's a whole
2: world of positive psychology, and it's a new field, which makes it really
0: exciting. That's so wonderful. So now tell us about this amazing organization that you have created called Peaceful Kids. What's your goal?
1: What's your dream? Where it will land and what's happening right now? So Heidi came to me and said, I'm doing this master's program. And I was um, thinking I was going to be retiring soon. So I retired in 2020 and right at the beginning of COVID, I finished off in June, 2020. And Heidi and I started talking about what this might look like. And you know, we had our yoga model, but we knew now that it was, she had more information and she was continuing to finish that master's degree. And she said, this is it. She's telling me, this is the cutting edge information. I'm telling you we're ahead of the curve this time, just like we were last time. And I'm like, okay, great. Heidi." Hi. <laughs> Um, kind of having to learn along with her and having her to really help me to understand the curriculum and what, what that means. I had some background in psychology and in education, but this is really a new field and a new way of looking at things. So we started down that path really looking at how can we offer these kinds of classes to kids? I mean, we stumbled along a little bit trying to create our company and getting all that paperwork done and creating a a not-for-profit. So that took a while, and it was COVID, and she was finishing her degree. So we then we just started writing curriculum. And Heidi, I'll, I'll let you take over a little bit.
2: Okay. In part of writing the curriculum, we really wanted to be sure that we were meeting the needs of the community. So before we even really put pencil to paper, we did informational interviews with, Carolyn's got a lot of contacts in the Rochester schools, obviously. So we started doing informational interviews with administrators. So assistant superintendents, principals, anyone who would talk to us basically to say, like, this is what we're thinking. And we were like saying, sort of similar to what Carolyn said before, you know, we've always been interested in wellness. We were ahead of the curve on yoga. We're ahead of the curve, like this is what's coming. Because a lot of school administrators and teachers that haven't even heard of positive psychology quite. I mean, more and more are, but it's still very new. And so when we were talking to the administrators. And again, this was end of COVID was ending. And then they just kept really talking about the struggles of their staff. So we really made a determination at that point And that we needed to, I guess, maybe triage is the word. Or like sort of understanding the school dynamic, which we always have. That helping teachers helps students. And that we needed to start with the teachers. And to bolster them at this point in time. So we made that decision and wrote our first module for teacher well-being and we decided that again this is i mean it sounds so simple but it's actually a really radical concept that we were going to create a course that we don't even talk about disseminating this in the classroom in our course we do not talk about i mean the teachers if they bring questions regarding the classroom that's fine but this is for their well-being so we're looking at teachers as people first um and i and again that's really kind of radical at this point in time, um, which we're really excited about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy because we did some research, you know, as much as we could. And, you know, every station on the news is how stressed out teachers are, right? And teachers need support. And one of the things that I say to teachers in one of our trainings is that we know we're here to support you. And we know a lot of what you hear, and we always get kind of a chuckle out of this, is, We know you're stressed out, so go take a yoga class, go take a bath, go go running, eat an apple. I mean, because people really don't know what to do and how to support the teachers. And what was a huge aha for me in looking through programs, we didn't see anything out there that is to support teachers, just teachers. There's lots of social emotional learning. And we looked at, you know, there's a lot of programs out there for kids and teachers supporting kids and talking about social emotional learning. But what we realized is that this is a huge gap and a huge, huge need. That being said, and one of the things that you asked about, Hope, what are some of the like the things, um, the barriers, is time. Districts are struggling. When would teachers be able to access this information? Many school districts have one or two training days in a year and they they need to train teachers how to teach reading and how to teach math. And so we heard a lot about time and we heard a lot about we can't add one more thing to the teacher's plate. So those are some of the some of the obstacles we were we've been trying to overcome and figuring out how to reach the teachers.
2: Yeah. And so the last thing I, we did do some focus groups before we rolled out our course completely and got feedback from groups of teachers to confirm that we were on the right path. And we did get really good feedback, which is why we you know, wrote the other seven modules
0: and are now disseminating this in schools around New York state. So cool. So give us a taste of it. So I'm a teacher and. Well, I mean, the first step is really like what Carolyn was saying is the acknowledgement
2: piece. I don't, do you want to talk any more about that, Carolyn, or. I mean, that is acknowledging where they are.
1: Yeah, I think that that's really, really important. And I was a teacher for 36 years. I was in education for 36 years. And when you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. You might be an administrator who is, you know, a teacher who is acting as an administrator, a teacher. My, my kids used to say, Mom, why don't you know this math? You're a math teacher. I said, I'm a teacher who happens to be teaching math right now. But so you have that core and that's something that I was lucky enough to have that passion for. So I can really identify with that struggle that the te- that you go into the classroom every day. So yeah, the first thing we do in, uh, in any of our trainings is acknowledge, thank the teachers for everything they do or the educators, because we do this for support staff also, teaching assistants or administrative staff, anybody working in the schools. And thank them for all the hard work that they put in and know that, yes, we know this is really hard, and that we hope that you're gonna leave feeling empowered and have some tools that are gonna help you on your own personal journey of well being. And that's a really, really important piece that Heidi's always talked about. And we really stress this is a personal journey, and we are gonna give you some tools that may help you or. Maybe you need a different tool, and and Heidi can give some examples.
2: Yeah, so I mean, there is kind of a, a three pronged approach, basically. With the first piece being self awareness, so that's where my yoga training comes into play. It's a wonderful thing to be doing this business like later in our lives because we have all these skills that we're bringing to it. So the first thing we talk about is self awareness. So with the teachers using some breathing, and even just cognitive skills. Um, we're bringing our self-awareness to all these activities. The two other pieces are character strength and then Marty Seligman's PERMA model. So that's like the root of our, at least our course one program for teachers. So it's kind of like a basic introduction to positive psychology. We really like starting with strengths because it's starting with the positive and it's been a real reframe for teachers to, Think about their strengths, first of all, because education is sort of by definition an environment where correcting weaknesses is the norm, kind of out of by necessity, right? Because everyone has to be able to have a certain level of reading, skill, math skill. So we're, and so there's not a lot of room necessarily, or hasn't been a way to prioritize strengths, like look at strengths first. So we start with the strengths base. The other thing that's been really hard for teachers that we discovered early on is that because it's such a giving population teachers really have a hard time turning the strengths on themselves so for example you know kindness they're kind to teachers to their coworkers to their students um and then thinking about turning that kindness towards themselves can sometimes be a bit of a struggle but we're providing this like self awareness and support like again that's where the self awareness comes in when they realize like i'm not turning this Strength of kindness towards myself, or maybe love, or maybe gratitude—you know—towards myself. That's the first can be a very first aha moment um, for them, and that's in the character strengths piece. Do you, before I go to Perma, Carolyn. Do you want to add anything else about that?
1: We talk about one another aha moment as as an educator and and just as a human, I guess that we talk about our strengths in terms of a the golden mean of the strength so we talk about overuse and underuse of strengths so that's that can be a real aha moment for people too and thinking about other people that they are interacting with or their students and how you have conversations Heidi always says this we're changing the conversation so when we talk about kindness this came up in in a uh, class the other day. People started. We started talking about. Well, is there an overuse of kindness? So people are talking about that, and suddenly somebody had a, a huge moment where they realized they overuse their kindness and they say yes to everybody about everything, and it's not really helping their well being. So although there's a strength, they have they had that aha moment of of that overuse. So there's a lot of good conversation around strengths. So, I could say to you, if you know, to my friend Heidi, you have a huge strength of kindness, but it seems like some of your struggle with well being is because you overuse your kindness and you are always saying yes to people that maybe you're not comfortable with taking on that in your life. So, the conversation really changes and it's very, very powerful to talk in terms of strengths.
2: Yeah, we do say we're introducing a new language. We use the VIA strength off the VIA website and we have conversations about that and they end up taking the survey in module two. So they've got their own reflections on the strengths and then take the survey to sort of confirm I explore the differences around that. And just by introducing those 24 character strengths, they've got a new language just there with that piece of the course. The second major... Topic that we cover is Marty Seligman's PERMA model of well-being. So it was one of it's not the only model of well-being. We feel that it's a very accessible model of well-being, which is why we um, have decided to use it. So perma stands for positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. And the way this changes the conversation, or the best way I've found to describe it, is we often tell our kids or people we love, you know, we want you to be happy. And then particularly for kids, the conversation would go, but happiness is not that picture on Instagram, or Snapchat or whatever it is, Facebook, right? Those are curated, not like real life. And then typically the conversation stops, right? We want you to be happy, but that's not happiness. And the conversation generally stops, because we haven't had a widespread means of defining what is happiness, or well being. And what this model does is it gives us a way, again, not the only way, but a way to actually define well being in a very different way. So rather than just focusing on the positive emotion piece, or the happiness piece, by recognizing that achievement is part of well being, we can then say, there are people with an example being maybe a young adult first starting out on their job, putting in a lot of hours, kind of grinding it out, if you will. Um, they've got a lot of achievement in their lives, and and probably a lot of engagement, right? If they're really engaged in their job, their positive emotion may not be so great. Like they're not yippee, uh, yeah, you know, all, smiling all day long it's during the grind. But that doesn't mean that that person doesn't have well being. And by changing and broadening the conversation around well being beyond positive emotion to include things like achievement, being engaged in it doesn't have to be work, it could be engaged in leisure activities or something else, or volunteering, finding meaning. Meaning can come literally pretty much anything for anyone, you know, can find meaning in millions of different places. Um, and by bolstering our relationships, Those can all lead to well-being, and we're each going to have our own unique constellation of what well-being looks like for us, which is why, and I guess this is the other really important thing that makes, I think, our program unique, is that we're not out there saying we have like the answer, there is no one the path to well-being, but that because well-being is going to mean something different to each and every one of us, we are providing people with a toolbox. And so the toolbox are gonna be positive interventions, different strategies to try that aligned with each of these character strength uh, models in the PERMA model. And so because we know ourselves best, we're, we're offering them an opportunity to experiment and play with each of these things and giving them reflections around each of the tools. But then basically just like you would have a toolbox and say like, here's a saw, this is how you use the saw. Here's a hammer, this is how you use a hammer. We're saying, okay, we're filling your toolbox. This is how you use these things. But depending on the project that you're working on, you need to know if you need the hammer or the saw. We can't tell you that. And so I think that's really important about the uh, thing about the work that we're doing is that we're trying to really empower people to on a regular basis, be intentional about fostering and bolstering their own well-being and giving them the tools to use to do that.
0: That's really so helpful, right? That's helpful no matter who you are, where you are, teacher, any 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 walk of life, right? Parent, especially. For sure, yeah. So as we wrap up, what do you want people to know about Peaceful Kids and how can we all get in touch with you?
1: We are really excited about delivering this information to for supporting teachers. Again, we're triaging. We know that all of the educational community needs support, including teachers, students, parents, um, educators, um, teaching assistants. and that you know in our mission, you know empowering children and teachers and families with tools to cultivate their well-being and there's no one path to well-being. So we are, we just want to get the word out there. We want to, you know, be in more schools and we are very, what we have found along the way as we stumble along the way, creating what works for each individual school district is that we are able to create the program that works in that specific district. So we have courses that range from 12 hours that can be delivered virtually or in person, to we did a one-hour keynote that kind of gave an overview of what Heidi just talked about to 150 teachers this week. So we're very, very flexible in getting the word out. We're and really excited to do that.
2: Yeah, and I would say like in our pie in the sky, I guess, if you will, is that the holistic model is the pie in the sky, right, where everyone teachers, students, parents, our administrators, everyone in the education community is all talking the same language around strength and well-being. So, you know, I think that our pie in the sky is that we're touching all of those constituencies and empowering them because that's where there's more, more and more power lies. right, the more people that are invested in this mission
1: cry out to the education community. Let's be proactive. Let's support our teachers because we you know, in talking with people, another aha moment. If we don't do this now in 10 years, we're, we keep talking about teacher burnout and teachers leaving the profession. And if we don't put in the right supports, we're not gonna have that group of teachers who have the experience to support all of the new people coming in. And we cannot have our schools depending on, although we love our new teachers and we need them and want them, we need a range of experiences. So let's be proactive educational community. Let's get out there. Let's support our teachers. Let's find the time and, and do this now because in 10 years you're gonna we're gonna be going, oh no, what are we gonna do?
0: Excellent. Well, wow, I love it. Peaceful Kids. And that's peaceful with two L's, P E A C E F U L L kids.org, inspiring people to develop the habit of intentionally and consistently supporting their happiness and the well-being of those around them. You're doing God's work, ladies. This <laughs> is wonderful stuff. Oh. So Heidi, Carolyn, thank you you so much for being on the Be Incandescent Health and Wellness show this month. You are the cover of Be Incandescent magazine at beincandescent.com. So we are just so excited to spread the word with you and we wish you only the best. Check it out, beincandescent.com and especially this month, go to peacefulkids.org. We'll talk to you soon.